Thank you. Okay, good. We left off in the middle of the discussion of the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. We're trying to figure out when liquids are expressed, especially when milk is expressed, whether from a human being or an animal. Um, uh, those are actually two separate issues, um, but similar uh, similar issues. Uh, we're discussing this Mishnah, really, it's a Mishnah Machshirin, which we vaguely may recall from Croesus. Um, I believe we had it in Croesus. Yeah. Um, and the question is going to be uh, liquid that's expressed unintentionally. Does it have the power of Heksher Tuma? Can it give, can it, can, right, we have a general rule that for foods, things like that, to become tomates, certain kinds of tuma, they have to first become wet. So, um, under what circumstances can milk have that effect? So, w- w- why was that relevant? Because we were trying to figure out whether, um, you see, Rabbi Yehuda had said back in the Mishnah that um, when it comes to fruit juice, when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to squeezing out fruit juice, when it comes to squeezing out fruit juice, so uh, if the intent, for, if if the fruit is oozing out juice was set aside for food purposes, um, then the juice is permissible. You can touch it and use it. And um, on the other hand, if it's intended for juice, then it's a problem. In the last iteration of Rebuda's opinion, we had said that whether it was set aside for uh, juice, for drinking, or whether it was set aside for stam, without any specific intent. So the Gemara had asked, can it really be this of the stam also? Right? Can it be review who that really holds that stam? This is way back in Kofman Gimel. Because we kind of left off in all the discussion that stam, uh, that undeclared intent when it comes to juice that comes out of fruit, um, is forbidden. This seems to be analogous to his position when uh, on uh, unasked for milk, right? Milk that was not expressed deliberately. We find that the the uh, the majority opinion is the majority opinion is. That um, uh, uh, milk is metame, it uh, can create hechshetoma. Both leratzin and shaloy leratzin, whether she intended to express it or whether anyone intended to express it or not. Well, animals' milk is not that way. Animals' milk only uh, creates hechshetoma if it was expressed intentionally. Rebekiva disagrees, and Rebekiva says uh, a woman's milk which is intended specifically for children. It's not a normal drink for adults. So uh, it conveys tuma. It conveys actually tuma, whether you expressed it with intent or not. So an animal's milk, which is uh, much more widespread, its status as a mashka, as a liquid, is much, much better established than, than a, a woman's milk because it's a popular drink. It's a drink for all ages. So how can you tell me it doesn't have the characteristics of a drink? It, we, we should always say that it has the strongest characteristics of a drink. And should convey it should make hechshetuma under any circumstance. So, 
they countered to him, the Tanakamas, you know, just take it from Amrulai, the second class line of, line of Kufnum Gil. Amrulai, im tamay chalavisha shalayleratzain, I can tell you a different aspect, right, a different element of a woman that makes her um, her milk perhaps a better candidate for um, for a tome of wine, because after all, and, right, and that would that would lead us to a more expansive uh, definition of the criteria or the, the situations in which milk conveys hechshetoma. Shedamagefasetoma. When she has a magefa, what kind of magefa? What kind of else are we talking about? Not talking about COVID nineteen. We're talking about pras. Uh, her blood, when she is ill with saras, conveys to right? An animal doesn't have that at all. Animal uh, can be as sick as anything, but its blood's not tummy. So that's a whole different, uh, so a woman's in a whole different category. Says the Gemara, um, so says the Gemara like this. Right? Um, excuse me. Should it be that uh, that even an, an unintentional or an, un, an unwanted expression of cow's milk, which doesn't have this chomer, should certainly be matami? That's a bad kavachimer bekiva. he says to him, "No, I see a difference between the element of tuma associated with milk and the element of tuma associated with blood." Right. If somebody if somebody uh, uh, expresses milk right for the purpose of refua, for the purpose of refua for the purpose of uh, of healing, that milk is going to convey hechshertum. Is going to convey hechshertum. Let's say I uh, the, the, what does it mean refua for sickness? So if an animal isn't milked when it needs to be milked, it can get sick. It's in pain and it can get sick. So if I draw out milk even for no other purpose than that, right, even for no other purpose than that, that's considered expressing the animal's milk and deliberately. Um, uh, everyone agrees that that's going to convey tuma. Contrast, however, to the hamakas l'rufuatar, if somebody decides to let blood from his cow for refuah for healing purposes, uh, right, so the cow is sick, right? So it's dam magefasa. The cow is sick, um, and you wanna you wanna let out its blood, right? Well, guess what? It could be as sick as it wants. It's still not going to be like a person. Because <laughs> you're a matzah who's dam, whose blood is tummy. Um. All right. So it's a good argument he has back. They said, no, Sally. They said, okay, fine. You know what? We hear your answer. But look at the subject, the idea of baskets of oil, of olives, excuse me, and the grapes. The mashkin, the drinks which come out of them, the rotsin to uh, if they come out by your intent, them to come out to If you don't want them to come out, to hire them there at In the discussion, they're just making a point to him in general about that um, that liquids which come out without your intent shouldn't make things come. So says the Gemara. It's a good question why that shouldn't apply to uh, humans as well. It's not our subject. 
says the Gemara, in light of this, my love, it would presumptively, when we say, right, with your intent, you mean that you want it. And without your intent, maybe it means not just not necessarily that, you, that you're opposing it, it's just that you never had any intent for it. Bestama. Right? So now, Okay, what does that have to do with, with our Rabbi Yehuda? And if grapes and olives, which are intended to be squeezed, right? That's what you do with grapes and olives generally. The intent is to squeeze them. That's the norm. So, right? If it is, as we're understanding, right now, against your will, really means bistama, means you had no specific intent in this direction, and already, even though, right, so again, talking about grapes, grapes are meant to be squeezed, but since you didn't think of squeezing them, you weren't like, oh, I want these squeezed. So the juice that comes out already is like clone that has no status in terms of tuma. It's not called a mashka. So, so too, right, the Gemara is leaving unspoken, but so too, when it comes to Shabbos, it shouldn't have the status of a new mashka, and it should be permissible to um, it should be permissible for you to uh, enjoy that uh, drink that was that on its own. So, tutim uh, right? Which is, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention earlier. That's at this point what we said we're talking about berries and pomegranates, like kolshkein, right? like kolshkein. Those are not um, those are not even intended normally to be juiced. So certainly. Uh, they, if you have no specific intent to juice them, the juice should be permissible. How can we say that Rabbi Yehuda, who presumably is in agreement with the majority um, in this discussion with Rabbi Akiva, uh, how can we say that Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with that simple concept? So says the Gemara, like, the Ratzin Bistamba, no, you don't have a right to assume that. I would rather say, says the one that Lerotza means with intent, that's Bistama. That's when you, uh, right? Lerotza is Bistama. That's what we mean when we say Lerotza with your intent. It actually means Bistama. You didn't, you didn't really express a clear intent. And Shalai Lerotza, I don't want it. That means I'm saying I don't want it under no circumstances. Another angle, uh, when it comes specifically to olives and grapes, is it's inevitable that uh, some of their juice will leak out while they're packed, so he automatically is mafkers. Even though wine and oil, right, the things that come out of grapes and not that come out of the things that come out of grapes and olives are are objectively more than more typical things that you squeeze and juice. However, ultimately, um, ultimately, in this case, you're mafker them. You don't think anything of them because you're anyway, and you know that juice is going to come out. But when it comes to other fruits, not necessarily the case. Okay, and we now find now we have evidence that Yehuda concedes their bond are correct. When it comes to olives and grapes, Another one of the principles we had left off with in the Gemara is that the Rabbanon are moidu, the Rabbanon can see Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to Sharpeiris, to other fruits. When it comes to other fruits, we know that the Rabbanon um, that the Rabbanon can see the Rabbanon can see right, Shmuel had said moidim chacham l'Rabbi Yehuda b'Sharpeiris, right? The Rabbanon can see the point. 
when it comes to fruits which are not fruits which are not grapes and olives. So what does this mean? It says, We may squeeze with pigoyin uvipishin uvoizrad. Right? Pigoyin are plums. Pirishin are quinces. And uvoizradin are crab apples. All of these things, if you uh, juice them, right, the chacham marmoide, right, uh, or I should say, if juice comes out, then chacham says, no, you can enjoy that juice. Because again, the, the whole reason you wouldn't be allowed to enjoy juice that comes uh, like spontaneously out of a fruit is that we're chayshish that you may be producing fruits all the time. But these fruits, which are not normal fruits to juice, um, that don't have such a halach. Uh, excuse me, I jumped a line. I will laboring mine, right? You're not allowed, but back to the top line. I will laboring mine. You're not allowed to do this with um, pomegranates, right? You're not allowed to juice a pomegranate on uh, on Shabbos, right? Um, why? How do we know this? Because we know that the people of, the, of Menashe Barmanachim's house would juice pomegranates during the week. So we see that that's something that's that uh, that that's a juiceable fruit. Says the Gemara, how do you know that this statement we just quoted is the Rabbanon are responsible for? Maybe it's a statement of Rabbi Huda. Says the Gemara, who cares? Let's say there's Rabbi Huda. We're not even really talking about the same Indian, the same subject that we were talking about in the Mishnah and in the Gemara and Kofman Gomez. We're now talking about juicing things Even if Yehuda doesn't permit juicing, you know, oranges, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, fruits which are intended to be juiced Says the moral, what are you going to tell me? Cave in the lab, the nice since these are not normal fruits to juice, so then you can juice them, even the chatila. It says the Gemara, once we've established that conceptual difference that we're talking about, I don't know, quinces, which are not juice fruits, right? So you let it juice them, Mamash on Shabbos, so then if that's the case, I feel the came right? Even the Rabbanan can concede, right? The Rabbanan don't have any disagreements. The Rabbanan can say, yeah, of course, these are these are not juice fruits. You can do whatever you want with them. So Shmami no Rabbanan, he, right? It's a funny way of saying Shmami no Rabbanan. He really, what we mean is it just as well could be the Rabbanan. There's nothing about this that forces us to say it's a Yehuda. It just as well could be the Rabbanan. It says, Mar Shmami no. Very good. Okay, so the Gemara, Shalbeis Menashe, Bar Menachem, the people of uh Menashe of Armenachem's house would juice pomegranates. It says in the Mormon Nachman, Halacha Kishel based Menashe of Armenachem. The Halacha is like the people of the household of Menashe of Armenachem. Amalei Rav Nachman, Menashe of Menachem Tanu. Is Menashe of Menachem a Tanu? Right? <laughs> I usually say, Halacha Kirby Huda. Halacha Kirby Huda. Halacha Kirby Huda. This is some, this is a homeowner. This is not a, this is, a, this is a, some guy. He's not a Tana. I mean, maybe he was a big Tzaddik, but it doesn't sound like he was a Torah authority. It says, What you mean to say is the Halacha is like the Tana of the Brisa who invokes the household of Menachem as proof that we ju- that pomegranates are meant to be juiced or are able to be juiced. Can it be true? That just because you know, the halach is like him, 
right? Menashe Menachem, Ruba the Alma has Menashe Menachem, the majority of the world. We need to know if the majority of the world considers these fruits to be juiceable. Says the Gemara in. Somebody who leaves thorns in a vineyard, right? What does that mean? Leaving means you kind of uh, cultivate. Cultivate more properly to say cultivate. If you cultivate thorns in a vineyard, you're like, I'm very glad I have a thorn patch here in my vineyard. So, Rabbi Lezer Aimer Kadosh. Right? What do you mean Kadosh? The word means holy, like a uh, good way. We mean that it causes climb, right? Having thorns that you cultivate in your vineyard can be climb. It can be a forbidden mixture of plants. That's our blazer. We don't really, uh, you know, look at your. Excuse me. At thorns, just because you have the peculiar habit of uh, maintaining a patch of thorns in your vineyard, we don't really uh, uh, extrapolate from you to the rest of the world. It says in law of Amr Khanina, my time, the Belezer, what's a Belezer's change? Came by Arabia because after all, Arabia, Makaim and Koitze, Sublis with Malayim, they keep thorn patches for their camels because camels eat thorns. So we see clearly that since there is, a, we see from Rabbi Eliezer that since there is a patch, right, a patch of the world in which they keep a patch of thorns um, for their camels, that's enough for us to say um, that uh, elsewhere uh, thorns are considered a real plant and they uh, generate a problem of climate. So the Gemara says, um, that's not such a good proof, says the Gemara. Why? Mediaria, is that a good proof? The Arabia, Asra, right? The Arabia is an entire region. Arabia is an entire place. But over here, this is just this one fellow, and he thinks that pomegranates are meant to be juiced, but everyone else knows the pomegranates are meant to be eaten. Says the Gemara, I have to ask them. If you have trodden, if you have beets, um, which you squeeze, now beets aren't really meant to be squeezed, but somehow you managed to juice a beet. And you took that bright red beet juice and you put it in a mikvah. Right? So the beet juice, if it changes the color of the water of the mikvah, they can passel the mikvah, they can ruin the mikvah, right? Obviously, we're talking about um, a mikvah that doesn't have enough, um, uh, it doesn't have enough uh, good water, right? So, or, or with this addition, the mayim shuvin, the drawn water, overpower the mikvah. So if it's enough to change the color, right? Um, excuse me, the, op- the very opposite. If you put in enough beaches into the mikvah to change the color of the mikvah, that would ruin it. It doesn't need slices of lubing. It doesn't need my Um Never mind that. Okay, yeah, so you change the color of the mikvah, you can ruin the katras of the mikvah. It says, more of a lab and escape in it, right? You don't juice beans. Since I juiced them, since I juiced them, now they're a mashke, right? We look at me, we look at the individual sometimes. Right, the principle of Ashave. This fellow thinks that beets are a mashka or a drink. We don't have a lamashka, so too. In our case, since the fellow thinks that uh, that pomegranates are a drink, so therefore they can qualify as a mashka. And it can be subjective and depend on the individual. 
Says the Mara, Papa Amar, we should have a Dover Shein Oisin Nimenul Chatchila. Papa says, different angle now. Papa wants to talk about McVoice. Right, Papa says, right, let's just talk about beets in the mikvah for a moment. Papa says, if you make a mikvah out of borscht, if you make a mikvah out of beet juice, it doesn't work. Surprise. Right, do not make a mikvah out of borscht. It's just the general rule in Hilchas Mikvay, such as that anything which you can't make a mikveh out of ab initio luchatchila from, that substance will ruin, will pass a mikveh b'shinu imara with a color change. Okay. Tanan Hassan says the Gemara, if wine or vinegar, um, uh, uh, fell into the mikveh. Moicha is like a byproduct of um, of the olive press of olive oil. So, if any of those things fell into the mikveh, uh, I suppose they give a color. The, the, this byproduct of the olive pressing gives a color. Marav and changes color. Who's the Tana who holds Michael, this oil byproduct, as a drink? I'm Rabbiya Rabbiyaka. See, this is Rabbiyaka. Tanya Rabbiyaka. We know Rabbiyaka. Michael, are you Oh, that's pretty clear. Michael is like a mashka. Umatamam. Why do we say that the moichel, if indeed moichel is considered a mashka, a liquid, so why do we say that the, the moichel, which emerges at first, right, the first pressing of the olives, well, why do we say it's tahar? Why do we say it doesn't? Because because you want it out of it. But I guess after that, you're not, you don't feel so strongly about it. says, no, moichel is not a mashka. Why is this the case? Why then do we say so? The equal base abad is like the, if you, I guess it's easy enough to imagine that after a uh, long day of olive pressing, there's a big mass of, of compost, right? Packed olive solids. And then there's this liquid, this probably dark green liquid, I would imagine, that, um, that oozes out of them. And you know, everyone is in agreement that that liquid is tummy. So why do we all say that liquid is tummy? Not because it in and of itself intrinsically deserves to be considered a liquid, but because it inevitably contains tzuchei shemen and inevitably contains um some regular oil mixed into it. And that's what makes it tough. Okay? Maybe now, the Aussie Bosser, it's 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 that stuff. We're talking about um, uh, the, that which comes out after the um, this olive mass that we're describing has begun to kind of sit in the sun and it's been out a few days. Um, Uh, I guess at that point we can say that the tzuchei shemen have passed, have, have poured out. But um, but uh, so if you hold that, that's the reason. So you would hold it's not tummy anymore. Okay. Rav So going back, right, going all the way back to the um, 
um, to the question of Michael, the question of, uh, of, of this greenish, I think it's green, um, olive byproduct ruining a mikvah. So says Rabba on that subject. Um, right, so right? He says he's trying to say that it's actually divrei hakol. Actually, everyone agrees. Um, right, they, uh, similar to what Papa said earlier. Everyone agrees. Uh, right, similar to the borscht point. Papa, you can't make a mikvah out of borscht, then you also kind of make, make a mikvah out of moichal, out of this. Uh, Olive byproduct substance, so it's not so much that uh, that um, right. Abai had said it must be Rabbi Yaakov who holds Michael as a mashkin. Um, Rabbi says it doesn't have to be Rabbi Yaakov, right? Everyone can agree, even if it's not a mashkin, it can affect the kashrus in the mikvah because it's a dover she'ain oisim a mikvah chaftil. Now that I make a mikvah out of Michael uh, abanishia, okay. A person, a little excuse me. Yehuda says name A person is allowed to squeeze a bunch of grapes into a pot, but not onto a plate. Right? Into a pot, but not onto a plate. Um, uh, right? When I uh, when I squeeze the grapes into the pot, it's evident that I'm not trying. Grape juice, right? I'm trying to put grape juice on my food. Right? Rashi says this is not derech pri kosai, right? So it's really just like uh, taking some food and putting it on some other food. You can't put it onto your, you can't take like an empty dish and just squeeze the grapes in there. Um, uh, even though people don't drink out of plates, uh, nonetheless, it's not perfectly evident that your intent is not to uh, drink grape juice and therefore you're not allowed to do it. We see from the words of our Rebbe, you can milk a goat into a pot, but not into a plate. Clearly, um, the opinion that's being expressed here is that when liquid is expressed for the purpose of improving food, it's just food. It loses its status as a liquid and it simply becomes food. That's the Gemara, B'may is kasher, right? B'may is kasher. One second. Yeah. That's the Gemara, B'may is kasher. K'tam Rabbi Yechel, B'ti B'ham L'Chleches, uh, excuse me, I jumped down the line. If a zav uh, takes milk, right? If a zav milks a goat, if you're going to tell me that when you produce a liquid for the purpose, of food, of eating, right? Um, so that's oichel, and then it really just becomes food. B'may is kasher, right? So how did it become uh, tummy in the first place? Because Chazal consider milk that people drink. When people drink animal's milk, Chazal call that a food um, for uh, for reasons that are still a bit of a mystery to me. But Chazal say that's a food. So 
In this scenario, it's just a very liquidy food. So in this scenario, at what point did this liquid, did this food, I should say, touch liquid? Because remember, we keep talking about liquid making food uh, susceptible to tumor. But don't forget that now we have a food. So a food needs to be touched by a liquid in order to be susceptible to tumor. What liquid did this milk touch, right? It's funny when thinking milk is liquid itself, but what liquid did this milk touch in order to make it susceptible to tumor? So much so that we say that if a zav milks a goat, it's instantly tum. What do you mean? That milk is intended for food. He's about to eat it, right? Quote unquote. Right, so part of the process of milking is the first drop of milk that comes out is smeared on the uh, the animal's teeth in order to include to encourage to uh, to stimulate the production of more milk. That's something that uh, we had increases. So so too that right so that that is uh, the spreading of that um, drop of milk. That's the encounter. Um, with a liquid that this milk has, and that already gives it hechsher. Masa Ravina, Ravina asks, and he juiced, um, or he uh, squeezed olives and grapes. Um, so if he does it, kibetzimichuvanus, if the amount he squeezes out is kibetzimichuvanus, exactly as much as an egg, tohar. Right? So hayoisim, kibetzimichuvanus. Right, but anything more than a kibetza, anything more than that amount is tummy. Says the Gemara, the Amrit Mashka, Bala Oichel Oichel Hu. Right, we're now in Kufmem Hey, we're going to try to continue down the whole, you know, as much as we can now. Mashka, Habala Oichel Oichel Hu. If you're going to tell me that a drink which is being squeezed out for the purpose of food is food, the Mayas Kasher, right, the Mayas Kasher. So the assumption seems to be that, um, that um, uh, this is being squeezed into a pot, right? That this is being squeezed into a pot as a ingredient in a recipe of food, right? The assumption the Gemara is making that that's what's going on. I don't know why the Gemara assumes that. I generally think that when somebody squeezes olives or, or grapes, they're doing it to create a liquid. But say no. He's squeezing his olives, and maybe he's squeezing them even into a pot. So, so, so again, what's the scenario? in which these liquids were making these liquids tummy so quickly, right? Making these liquids tummy instantly because they're being handled by someone who's tummy. But wait, they never got wet, right? The liquids never got wet with something to make them susceptible to tummy. He asked the question, he answers it. The case is specifically when you were you squeeze them into a dish and not into a pot, which therefore uh, renders their status not specifically for food because because it's possible that you intend them as a juice or an oil. Amrav Yemi Ketanoi. Yemi says this is really a machayis tarayim. Hamachlik be'anovim. So there was a practice they would do. Um, a bakers would would use grape juice. Would squeeze grape juice over their loaves of bread, maybe in the oven. They would like brush them with grape juice or something. Um, so that was something bakers would do. So when you do that that of juice does not render the food susceptible to tumor. Right? That's not, uh, that doesn't cut it. My lab, excuse me, Rabbi Huda holds that no, that does render the food susceptible to tumor. My lab, they must be arguing about this. 
one opinion, right? The Tanakama holds uh, that um, food which comes, uh, drinks, excuse me, which come uh, as part of a, are just food, they're not drinks, right? So that juice, since you squeezed it as a, basically a, an addition to your recipe, um, it doesn't convey hachatoma, it doesn't make the food susceptible to Umar, so the older opinion says no, right? That certainly is food. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, that the things that you use for food are not considered food. They're still considered drinks, liquids, and therefore they convey um, and when the baker brushes his loaves of bread with grape juice, that already is going to make them susceptible to Tumah. Um, says the Gemara, Amara, Papa, Papa the Sikhis. Everyone agrees that food, that drinks which come to uh, to uh, for, for a food purpose is not are not considered food. Everyone agrees that this is called a mashka. This is called a liquid. It's interesting that the Vilna Goy notes that really it should, maybe the gears should be oichel. Um, the opposite. That that actually makes things more simple. We assume that liquids you juice into food are food, okay? They're having a different machlekes here. They're arguing about the subject of mashkeh ibud, a drink which comes uh, for the purpose, which, which is going ibud, which is going to disappear, right? Like uh, this juice, which is basically going to evaporate. Right? The Tanakama holds it's a mashkeh, that it's considered a drink, or Yehuda, Oh, I'm sorry, vice versa. Um, the the Tanakam holds is not considered a drink because it's going to vanish, it's going to evaporate. But if you who disagrees, you who holds, our several love mashku. And what's this machlag? So, plus the Tanya Tanoi, they're arguing along the lines of some other Tanoi. The Tanya, Hamfatseya Bezesimia Dain. So, he crushes all of his hands, Mr. Wolves, which are coming. So, Hoksher, they already are considered, Hoksher, um, they're considered. Uh, susceptible to tum. Saif tum If you did it for the purpose of um, uh, salting them, right? So you have to first kind of crush them up and then salt them. That was just the way they prepared that food. So loy um, In that case, that's not that's not called hachshir because you're not trying to crush. The olives to extract their, their juice, their oil, you're doing something else. Now, lay the ambiguous of limb psych. If what you want to know is, are my olives right um, in lava or if not, so loy that purpose does not constitute hechsher tumat, does not render the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the olive, the olives tame, right? Because that's near that we're getting the person with hands to tame. So the question is, does the juice, does the oil make um, the food susceptible to Toma, and now that I touched it, it's all Tame. Says the Gemara, that's Loi Hochsher. Yehuda Aymer Hochsher. Yehuda says, Hochsher. Yehuda disagrees. Yehuda says, No, in that case, my lab will come I can tell you exactly the question is this oil, which is going to run off, which is going to be wasted, is it a mashka? Does it have the halachic status of a drinker? Um says the Yamara Amra Funa Brother Vishua Hani Tanoi Bimashko Emidli Mukli Haimidli Uti. Don't get it all mixed up. 
you were right originally when you said that you're the Tanoim that you are quoting are arguing about a mashka imid a drink which is going to waste, right? When it comes to the baker brushing his bread with, with grapes. Right? They're talking about something else. They're talking about a mashka right? Don't get confused. Uh, excuse me, uh, vice versa. I'm sorry, I got it, I got it backwards. The, when we're talking crushing the olives, right? So that's obviously a case um, of uh, of uh, the juice, the olive oil running off to waste. That's a no-brainer, right? But when it comes to the baker, the baker uh, is is really the question. Of the baker is really right? Because you're basically polishing, you're basically blazing the bread with juice, right? So that's a slightly different question than then liquid is going to waste. It's not quite going to waste. It's really becoming kind of a glaze in the bread. It's not disappearing. And therefore, it's actually a slightly nuanced, it's a slightly more nuanced question than liquid that pours off into nothingness. Okay, so different machlikas. You can squeeze a um a bun a bunch of grapes into a pot but not into a plate right we had that concept before you can um press the uh the juice of a fish out even even until into a plate okay Dimi said it was sitting around uh and rec- and reciting this teaching you say it over from Rav, so you don't have a kasha, but but uh, you have no kasha. And we we say this teaching in the name of Shmuel. The kasha and in light of that, we have a kasha. holds that you can squeeze a fish for its tear, for its broth, for its juice, its brine. Even into a play. For Itmar, it was not said, Kivoshim, Shisachaton. If you have some pickled item which you squeeze, Amarav, Lagufan, Mutter. The Mimeim, Patlavotzer. If you did it right, because you like them to be squeezed out a little bit, that's how you enjoy your pickles. Right? Uh, right? You don't want to drink a. Uh, 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 Juicy pickle. You don't. You want to eat a juicy pickle. You like your pickles a little less juicy. So uh, if that's what you're trying to do, so it's certainly mutter, right? It's certainly mutter because you're not trying to juice them. You're not trying to extract pickle juice. However, if you're doing it because you do want to extract pickle juice, right? Let me may and put right now. You can't tell me that I'm really juicing a pickle because pickle juice isn't born in a pickle. Pickle juice comes comes to the pickle through, from the outside. So it's not truly, it's not truly, um, it's not also me there, right? So however, it's patlavasa, it's also me there, we don't do it. Okay, that's the opinion of Rav. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, Echad kavashim, echad shlakais, legufan mutter, lememein patlavasa. Whether we're talking about kavashim or shlakais, right? Whether we're talking about pickles or even boiled vegetables, um, those both uh, cases, if you're doing it legufon, you if you're doing it because you enjoy them a little more squeezed out than smutter and lememe, and for their um, um, for their liquid for their um, it is not permitted. And the Gemara points it's not permitted. Gemara points out 
that shlokais, right? Rashi explains that shlokais uh, vegetables are similar. Cooked vegetables are quite similar to a cooked fish, a fish whose juice is coming out. Um, and we and it's strange because Shmuel is not permitting it. Shmuel is just saying it's patra wasa. Shmuel doesn't permit lechatchila. So how can we say that you're allowed to squeeze out a fish into a plate? So he counters like this. He says to him, look, right? Right. In other words, he quotes a pasuk in My eyes saw not those of a stranger. In other words, I, I look. What can I tell you? I know exactly where I got this quotation from. I learned this from Yirmi. I know that my transmission comes from Rav, so I'm not going to argue with you uh, about this subject. I think, given that we only have a minute left, we're going to Bezashem pick this up tomorrow, and we'll finish most of it, most of the extra material on time for Tisha and we'll be fine uh, in the long run. Okay?